On this week's Spoko Radio, we get a little weird. We follow the NFL's lead and implement a rule that requires Kirk Ferentz to sit his starters for two games. We debate which two games he'd set his impact players for and why. We then bust out our crystal balls and predict what Iowa football looks like in the future. We wrap things up with love it or leave it and make our Big Ten West over-under win total predictions. Sit back, relax, and get ready for the boom. Unbeaten no more. Piling on now is Iowa as they crack the 50 mark against the mighty Buckeyes. But when his number was called, seven got six. Welcome to Spoko Radio from Blackheart Gold Pants, SB Nation's community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host, DC. With me, as always, it's Jerry Sherwin. Jer, what's going on? DC champ, it's good to be back. Episode two of Spoko Radio. Feels good, feels right. Is it episode two or is it episode from our previous endeavors, like 200? For the 700 or so people that listened to this last week, this is the second. Okay, we'll go with that. Number two. And as Jerry mentioned, the people's champ, David Johnson, is also here. Champ, how is it going? Oh, it's wonderful. We made it to episode two, boys. That means people actually like us, hopefully. So hopefully there's a lot more episodes to come. Hopefully you do like us. If you do, leave us a rating on iTunes. Give Follow us on Spotify. Follow us wherever you guys get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe. You get us at Spoko Radio. Plus, you get the Pants Party, who are starting back up as football season nears. So we will have all angles of Iowa football coming at you in time for the for the season. So be sure to follow us wherever you guys get your podcasts. Guys, we're in July. It's kind of a slow time in the year. And when things kind of get slow, our brains kind of go a little haywire. So we try to figure out how we can put Iowa into different things in the news. And last week, the NFL floated out a potential change to their scheduling that I thought was kind of interesting and wanted to play a little hypothetical game with you. So for those of you who do not know, the NFL threw out the idea of going to an 18-game schedule, but the players still only playing 16. So let's just say the Big Ten decided, hey, we like that idea, actually. They're known to do some stupid things. Look at legends and leaders. So you never know. This could be something they could do. They could go to a 14-game schedule and still make everyone play 12. So my question for you, Champ, and for you, Jer, if you had to pick, and for the sake of this exercise, we're going to limit the number of players. If you had to pick two games, two conference games, that A.J. Epinesa, Geno Stone, Nate Stanley, Tristan Wirfs, and Alaric Jackson all had to sit out this year. It could be any two games for any of them. You could be two games total. You could do two games for each of them, whatever you want to do. Which two conference games would you pick? The catch being you can only pick one of Rutgers or Illinois. Do either of you want to volunteer to go first? I'll go first. All right, champ, go for it. All right, so I'm going to split my five into a couple different games. So I'm going to sit Nate Stanley, Tristan Wirfs, and Geno Stone in the Illinois game at home November 23rd. And in the Purdue game, October 19th. Those are going to be my three guys that sit in those two games. Because I think 
Illinois, they can play with their third string guys and win that game at home. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just pretty obvious. If, Illinois. If you go, if you go back good. to last week, Champ does not like Illinois. If he cannot make that abundantly clear. Yeah, Illinois is not very good. And the reason that I decided Purdue as my other game is because Purdue can score. I, I'll give them that. But their defense is not very good. I think uh, if you put the backup quarterback in there, whoever that may be for that game, I still think we can score some points. I'm only sitting one of the tackles in that game because the backup quarterback is going to need some protection. So I don't want to take out you know both starting offensive tackles. That's why I only went with Tristan in that one. Keep Alaric in there. Um, and then AJ as well against Purdue. I set him uh, keeping Gino in there because they like to throw the ball a lot. We have a, a, you know, a nice rotation of defensive ends that we can you know rotate throughout that one and get some pressure on the quarterback while still keeping Gino in there in the back you know, to hopefully make some plays. Um, then my two other guys that I'll be you know, sitting in the other games – uh, which is, you know, Tristan Wirfs and uh, who's the other one? Gino uh, Stone. Gino, no, Gino Stone, yeah. Gino Stone, I will also be sitting them in the Illinois game because, like I said, they're pathetic and we can play our entire uh, second string uh, lineup in against them. And then I will be sitting them. Uh, did we, It didn't say we had to pick a home game, right? We can pick a road. Oh, for sure. Game. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Home or away doesn't matter. So I will be sitting them against Northwestern. I think Northwestern is a little more hyped up than people think, and I think we can win that game. If Nate's still in there and we just sit Gino and uh, Tristan, I think our offensive line will be fine. They'll be able to run the ball still. Nate will be able to throw all over them, hopefully. And, yeah, I'm going to sit those two guys. Uh, for the Northwestern game, and I still think we win. We can win all three of those games with ease, even staggering some of those sitting guys. So, Jared, do you have any similar, or anything you want to take say feedback to Champ's Champ's decision strategically? The only thing I'm, I'm that would concern me about that Champ is like resting Geno Stone against Purdue when they have like no 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 no. I did not rest Geno Stone against Purdue. I rested him against Northwestern in Illinois. I kept Geno. Oh, got it, got Purdue it, got it. Okay. Because they like to throw the ball. <laughs> I was going to say, at first, when you said that, I was like, no, there's no shot I'm resting any defensive players against Purdue at all. The, the only one I did sit was AJ against Purdue because I thought the rest of the D linemen can get to the quarterback. They probably can. It is an eight-man line for sure. But, yeah. um, no, I think that's pretty smart. I I went about this with just a strict two-gamer. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't try to split it up between three. So I split mine up right away. All of those guys are, are sitting for Rutgers. If 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 freaking Peyton Manziel or Spencer Petras can't beat Rutgers as the ba- as the quarterback and just whoever else had tackle, like then we have a bigger problem. I want to rest all my guys before Iowa State hate week and get them in there and then just go and rush and make sure that Matt Campbell does not beat Iowa in his tenure as the Cyclone coach before he goes and is like, I don't know, USC's offensive coordinator next season. Even though, even though you said you guys were a little afraid of Rutgers on our show last week when we were making the win prediction, that didn't come into your mind at all? No, I'm not afraid of Rutgers anymore. We should know this by now. And for all the fans that are out there that don't know how I do this, I'm a fence rider by the max. So I might say something one week, and the next week I've already talked myself completely out of it. Yeah, that's, that's why we love them. That's definitely the case. <laughs> it's definitely the case. It's, I know myself very well. The other game I'm sitting all the guys out on, is against Northwestern, and here's why. When Iowa plays their normal starters against Northwestern, it's a stupid freaking football game. 
It's so dumb. Every single time, the normal starters just can't get the job done anyways. So I'm going to rest all of my guys, make it super stupid to go up against Fitzgerald and, and, and his, his brain squad. And I'm going to make sure the backup squad there. And the, who knows? I will probably win that game by 47. Peyton Menzel probably throws like four touchdowns, lights it up. And then we have a quarterback controversy all of a sudden. <laughs> And again, this is, I, a, this I, is a similar You guys thing. can't see me, but I was nodding in such agreement bef- as, on the Northwestern point. But I'm, I'm taking a little bit different approach because, like Champ, I have three games that I'm splitting up my sitting my guys into. Well, real quick, DC, the only reason, again, too, going into that is because I want to beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin so bad that I want these guys to be fresh for that. So I came about this looking at what's the best reason to sit these guys going into next week's game. And those are the two that I picked. I know that some people might not like that, but like I said, Northwestern is just a crapshoot as it is. So why not just get weird? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one thing that... So I chose to sit the offense. So that's Jackson, Stanley, and worse against Northwestern because to Jared's point, when I play as Northwestern, it barely resembles football. So let me put the defense on the field. Let the defense win the game like they do, like they normally do. In, what teams in Chicago do, win with defense and special teams, and we'll just run out there with an ugly win and move on and focus on Wisconsin. So I totally agree with Jared on the Northwestern piece. Sit guys, it's it barely barely resembles football whatsoever all right so that was the offense the defense i'm kind of going the opposite approach to what you guys said about purdue i'm basically saying purdue score all the points you want i'm going to try to match you offensively i'm sitting up in that sense stone we're going to play for a shootout i trust the offensive weapons this year and let's see what we can do on offense to to compete it you know what if it doesn't work it doesn't work but that's how I'm going to kind of do it. I'm going to concede. It's kind of like when you're playing the Warriors. You're going to get let Steph get his, but I'm going to shut down everybody else. Yeah, but I mean, if if Gino and AJ are sitting against <laughs> Purdue, they might put up in the they might put a 40, 50 points. So you do you trust Nate and the offense to score in the upwards of fifty points because that's they probably put, what they would need to do. I mean, the way the the amount that I believe in the Iowa offense and Brian Ferentz this year, yes. I believe it. That's the thing, though, because that game would end up turning into Makai Sargent getting 37 carries, and all of a sudden we're trying to control the football on that one. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're trying to keep the ball out of Purdue's hands. That might work, though. I mean, because last year both of those guys played, and we lost in a shootout. And that, so, I mean, maybe you just try to ground and pound them. That's the game you run it 40 times, and you try to beat them that way. I'm just, I'm just, thinking, I'm just getting creative, throwing out different ideas. If the, if the Big Ten had to adopt this rule, let's figure out how we can be creative with it. And then, like Jared said, I'm sitting everybody for Rutgers. Rutgers stinks. I, I mean, they're, they're just really bad. I don't want to put anything – I don't want to give Iowa State any advantage to see anything else on tape mm-hmm. that they could get ready for. It, it's a week later this year versus Iowa State than it normally is. So let me just play my opener, sit everybody, let's get ready for, for El Asico without any – Real injuries, nothing to worry about. That those are my my strategies. That's a pretty solid point too on the the tape part of it because obviously like there's a lot of returning players, but there's two big missing pieces on that offense that Iowa State's not going to really know how to prepare for without Noah Fant and uh, our other boy um, T.J. Hawkinson. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great point, DC. That's what I would do as well. So and then follow up question: to This, do you think Coach Ferentz would like this rule? Would he hate this rule? Because he has to intentionally basically pick teams that he's resting guys against. Kirk Ferentz would absolutely despise this rule because of one reason. 
that's not football to him. <laughs> All right, and then follow up to that. If this was implemented, how far in advance do you think he would share who and when they are sitting? Oh, he, this would be like the Friday night before the game. He would wait as long as humanly possible to announce that. he would. It would be the first quarter, champ, when certain guys weren't playing. He'd be like, oh, they're sitting this week. Yeah, like that. we wouldn't even know. Like Nate would be warming up before the game, you know, and you know t- they would be next to each other, him and Peyton. And then all of a sudden, Peyton would just run on the field. It would be like, oh, I guess it's Nate this week. He's, he's getting the sit. And then knowing Kirk, it would be like, actually, no. We're just trying to te- teach Nate a lesson, you know. He's going to come back in at about the 10-minute mark of the second quarter to come play again. So we, we'd you, beat you a Black Friday, and he still have to sit everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, all that of a sudden. That would be cool, like, if you didn't have to announce it, and let's say you started the game, like, let's say we sat, you know, Nate against Purdue, and they were down, like, 21 nothing after the first quarter. Would Kirk be like, oh, shit, we need Nate in there. Let's put him in there and try to come back and win this game, and we're going to have to sacrifice Nate for another game. Like, that would be an interesting wrinkle yeah. to this rule. Like, would you have to announce the guy and they'd have to sit the entire game? Or could you, like, make an adjustment after, let's say, even even a series? Let's say Purdue goes up 7 nothing, and they're like, oh, God, Gino's not out there. We need a safety. We need another safety. Gino's got to go in. Like, that would be a crazy wrinkle to that rule. I think it, I think you'd have to treat like the redshirt rule. So you you can yeah. you can bring them in whenever, but once they're in, it's burned, right? So you you automatically then doesn't count towards their their game that they're sitting out. Yeah. So then uh, you could potentially have guys sitting like an extra uh, two games in like a quarter because oh shit we were losing and we had to bring and them Kirk back. Kirk Ferentz would absolutely botch that by doing it. Yeah, he would. That we'd end up sitting like seven guys, like you know, ten quarters total instead of just the eight quarters that was needed. How many times do you think he would call Jim Delaney during the week to bitch about this rule? Would it be four uh, times a day? You know, he already hates that blocking rule where these guys good. engage. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be phone calls. It would be passive aggressive statements in the post game press conference. Yeah, you know he hates that rule, and they call it against Iowa at least three times a year. So if if that's three if he's times a year, like two times a game. I mean, it happens. Yeah, at least once every game or two, and you know Kirk is just so angry on the sideline. You know what would be so great if to add to this would be if you gave every player their own like wrestling entrance. So like all of a sudden they're running out and you just get like a stone cold Steve Austin glass breaks like oh Petrus is in here comes Petrus. <laughs> if it's a home game they have to sit in the locker room and they just come running in the tunnel. Yeah, there's Levi yeah. Paulson's music. Oh my god, Levi's in. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. Man, now I want this to happen. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. It's the dumbest rule in the history of the world, but I think we could have so much fun with it. Oh, my God. It would be, be fun. We, we, but, you know, we would be so frustrated if we lost, like, to Rutgers because we didn't have Nate in there. It would be so fucking upsetting. <laughs> or, like, the what defense picks off Shea Patterson right away, and all of a sudden I was up 17 nothing against at Michigan. And just like, God damn it. <laughs> like, this one's in Man, the bag. should have said him today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it would cause so much angst among the Iowa, Iowa fan base. All right, guys, let's get into the meat of our show this week. Last week, we did some stump speeches. We let you guys all know what we believe in as Hawkeye fans. This week, we're putting, we're getting our crystal balls out, and we're going to try to figure out what Iowa football looks like one year from now, three years from now, and five years from now. We have no real structure to this. Each guy can kind of go... Go with it as they please. 
but we kind of wanted to try to predict based on the recent momentum, lack of momentum, however you want to put it, where Iowa football is going to be going in the future. So, Jer, I'm going to put you on the spot. One year from now, where do you think Iowa football is going to be? So, to me, this all depends on what you view this year to be. Now, I made it very clear last week what I view this year to be, and I think it's going to be a lot like 2015, where a lot of these seniors and a lot of these guys that are probably going to go into the NFL draft that are juniors, they're going to galvanize this team through their leadership. People are going to have fun playing together, and they're going to have a very successful season. They're going to win games that a lot of people think that they're not going to win. They're going to shoot up the rankings, and then it's going to create some sort of chaos around the the national picture. But... With that, and Iowa going to the Big Ten and potentially beating a Michigan, which, by the way, do you guys know when the last time Michigan won the freaking Big Ten? Lloyd Carr probably was the coach. It was 14 years ago, which was the same year that Iowa also won the Big Ten. So I just feel like it's about time that those two meet up again. Iowa wins it outright, goes to the playoff, and that in and of itself is going to just have such a crazy effect on the back end of things. We know that we're going to be losing quite a few players, but I think the people that are still around that are juniors and not going to be going to the NFL are going to be able to fill in a lot of those gaps. And there's some pretty solid recruiting classes that have been already under the Doyle treatment. We're going to fill in right behind them. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to go and be 11 and one or 10 and two the following year, but I still think that they're competing for at least the Outback Bowl, no matter what. Outback Bowl forever. They love us. They do. So, do you? So, is everybody still in place? Is that like is what kind of walk me through? How do they build off of this year? So a year from now, so in mid July of twenty twenty, mm-hmm. are we still very given everything that everybody that could be leaving seniors, guys leaving early for the NFL? Yeah, are we still kind of riding high from what this season's likely going to be that you're predicting? Or are we kind of in a, oh, shucks, we don't really know what to expect this year? No, I think we're riding an absolute high. Like, yes, do we lose our three-year quarterback who, in this scenario, obviously is going to be an NFL talent because he's going to have to produce some crazy numbers? Of course. But, like, do we really not trust Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz all of a sudden to not be able to find a couple tight ends and two uh, tackles? Like, are we really really not going to think that they're going to solidify the line and dig in the trenches like they always do? That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like there's this refill thing coming in now, and Iowa and, and the Ferences are kind of digging in and taking advantage of this new recruiting process. So I'm not, I'm not seeing where these types of classes anymore that come in and then half of them leave. I think these guys are coming in. They're buying into what the Hawkeyes are pitching them, knowing very well that for the most part they're going to get them to the place that they want to eventually be. That's the NFL. And this is a feeder program at that point. So if those, that type of talent gets a slightly better each and every year from here on out – like, yeah, I think there's nothing but positivity. I, I mean, hey, that's that would be great. I'd be super excited if that was if that's the case. Champ, what do you have for a year from now? What are we talking about Iowa football? I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm not as optimistic because I do think this is gonna be a good year for Iowa. I don't know if I think they're gonna make the playoff. That <laughs> might be a little up more optimistic than I'm willing to go. I am willing to say They do win the West this year. They at least go to the Big Ten Championship. I'm not ready to go out on a limb and say they're going to win that game and go to the playoff, blah, blah, blah. What about Nebraska? 
Okay, <laughs> let, let's just say they have a good season. I think they will. I think, as Jerry said, that'll get some continuity in the building. It'll build things for next year. I think then Kirk comes back. That's the first point. I think Kirk is coaching at this time next year. I don't think he's riding off into the sunset quite yet. I think it depends on who takes over as that, as that starting quarterback next year, whether it's Peyton Manziel, who I think it's going to be, or whether it's Spencer Petras. It's Petras. I, I think it's going to be Manziel. It could be Petras. But it, the, whoever it is is going to have to take a significant step in what they've done thus far. Go ahead, DC. Do you only want Peyton Manziel so you can do the money Manziel sign all the time? I really like the money man. I really would hope it is Manziel. I mean, they've been grooming him to take over, but now all of a sudden there's all this love for Petrus. You know why? I, I, I can't say that I don't. I don't know why. I mean, I can understand that, but I, I it's gonna whatever whoever it is that whoever it is either if it's Petrus or Manziel is going to have a, have to take a significant step. Obviously, they're not going to be Nate Stanley in year one, but they're going to have to be better than average. They can't just be a below-average quarterback because we're going to lose a lot of guys, and if that's the case, we're probably looking at a 7-5 and five year, 6-6 six and six even. If they can take that step and prove themselves as a legit quarterback in the Big Ten, we can win eight, you know, we can be in position to be excited about going into the year next year. I mean, maybe we're thinking of an outback bowl or hoping we can get to eight or nine wins. I don't think the expectations are going to be as high as they are this year, but I don't think they can, they should be, you know, very low either. They could, they could be right in there in that, you know, seven, eight, nine win range, right in that area. And, and champ, I think you brought up a great point. It's that, it's that quarterback kind of stepping in because Nate Stanley is a senior We've seen him for a long time. We've we kind of grown accustomed to who Nate is. If it's Peyton Manziel, he'll be your redshirt junior. So he yep. should realistically be able to step in seamlessly and do exactly what Nate, Nate's been doing. Maybe not this his Nate's senior year because I think a lot's on his shoulders. But we should be able to at least see junior year Nate Stanley out of Peyton Manziel if he was the one that took over next year. If it's Spencer Petras as a redshirt sophomore – that's much more of a wild card. You don't know where that's going to go. He he could win out just based purely on talent. But it, again, that's a wild card. You don't know what you're going to get because it's he's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be much younger. Yeah, guys, I I, I kind of want to shed a little light here on this. I don't know if you've looked at next year's schedule at all, but it's pretty pretty brutal. What do you got? So actually, wait before you do that. Wait wait before you do that. Let's take a quick second, quick break. Get an add-in, and we'll come back and read off the schedule for next year before we talk about what next year might look like a little bit more. We'll be right back. All right, so the schedule for next year, you start off with Northern Iowa right off the top, then Iowa State, both at home. You go to Minnesota, and then you're back home for Northern Illinois, home for Michigan State, and then this is where shit gets wild. I mean, I was going to say this sounds like 5-0 and to me. Okay, right? ready? At Ohio State, at Penn State a week later, versus Northwestern at home, and then you have, then you get a, you can get kicked the shit out of Lovey in Illinois if he's still there. Then Nebraska at home, at Purdue, Wisconsin. At Wisconsin at the end? No, it's at Kinnick. Yeah, it's not that hard of a schedule. It's just you that four-game like... Michigan State at Ohio State at Penn State Northwestern. Those four. Okay, so you, you go two and two in those games. I mean, and... let's not put Northwestern on the same pedestal as Penn State and Ohio State and, and Michigan yeah, State. I'm exactly. just saying, after those three uh, Big Ten East opponents, having to come home and play Northwestern, again, we just said it earlier, it gets weird. 
There's no buy in, in, in there in any time, or we don't know yet? Uh, there might be a buy. No, it's it's the 3rd to the 10th, 17th, 24th of October. Okay, okay so there is no buy. But, yeah, I mean, come on. I, I, I thought it was going to be a lot harder the way – I thought we actually had a hard non-conference game in there the way you were making it. I mean, but going back to your other point before the break, like the fact that Iowa, if they win eight games, and if all those – most of the majority of those games are beating Big Ten West teams, they can do what Northwestern did last year and still make the Big Ten title. Okay, so the outlook is looking pretty good for I know. You. I already changed my mind. This schedule's not that bad. Here we go. <laughs> Let's go. All right, guys. So you guys, are, I'm kind of in the middle of both of you, right? I really am with Jer. I believe this year, 2019, is going to be exceptional. I think it's going to be very 2015-ish with a little bit mix of 2009 in terms of just pure talent. As Pet Anger said this week, the 2019 was the greatest team ever, and I kind of talent-wise, I think that there, this could this team could have a lot of a lot of similarities. The problem with that is a lot of that talent will then be gone next year. Yeah, and I think along with that, you're also going to lose a coach, and I believe that's going to be the offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz. I think he's going to go to the NFL. He's going to do like his dad did. He's going to come back to the program leave, and then come back as head coach. No shot. I think it's going to happen. I think it makes all the sense in the world. If he if he elevates the Iowa offense to a, a new level that we haven't seen since 2002 with Brad Banks, NFL teams are going to want him to come be their offensive coordinator. I mean, if you got, if you think he's, if if, if this offense is as good as you two think it's going to be, then I could definitely see that. I mean, Jared's talking about Nate Stanley being a first-round draft pick in the NFL. So if he's doing that, why wouldn't he be able to go get an NFL, head, you know, OC job? Absolutely, he's got plenty of connections in the NFL because he knows and he knows Gary Barta is going to pay him for the next thirty-seven years at like six, seven million a pop. I'm not saying I he's going to be the head coach in the NFL. I'm just saying he's going to be the offensive coordinator and then come back. He said it himself this year. He's not ready to become head coach. So what better way to go prove it than to not be the offensive coordinator underneath your dad, go be an NFL offensive coordinator, and come back and be the head coach of your alma Here's mom. why. What happens if he goes to the NFL and he doesn't get the protection of the Patriots and it goes very poorly? How many offensive coordinators have we seen get completely trampled on? You don't just get to come back to Iowa at that point and be like, well, all things are good. Like, you don't- yes, you do. Yeah, if Kirk if Kirk is still the coach, yes, you do. We'll be very yeah. upset with that if his offense looks just like Iowa's has in the past. It doesn't matter. It's it's still Kirk. If Kirk is the head coach and they have this amazing offensive year that you guys are predicting, they'll welcome him back, even if he has a couple bad years in the NFL. Brian's not going anywhere. I think if anything, it's Seth Lawson, Phil Parker, which worries me almost more. And that, yeah, that's a fair comment. I just, I just truly believe that the offense is going to take take a new step. I know I've been saying this since Brian Ferentz became OC, so take it with a huge grain of salt. But I do think eventually that he needs to put up some numbers offensively. And I think from a storyline perspective, it makes all the sense in the world if he were to leave as opposed to just assume they had a coach position eventually whenever his dad decides to retire. I think it makes all the sense in the world to me. I, I still think if he's gone, I, st- I think – there's a ton of questions, and I think that seven and five, eight and four ceiling is kind of what the 2020 year looks like if you're replacing six stars on offense 
and a new offensive coordinator. And it likely, I mean, if, if you're replacing offensive coordinator, you might as well just, they're going to probably put Ken O'Keefe in that spot. Do you guys think that they're going into these recruits? Pl- like right now, D.C., for 2021, we're 13th in the nation. Now, obviously, that's going to change probably. But I was still in the market for that uh, four-star tight end that they could easily bring into. And that's probably going to rank, put them maybe in even into the top 10. And that's before people reclassify their star rankings and stuff like that. So obviously, grain of salt here, but we're in the top 25, probably will finish there. Don't you think that these kids in 2021 are getting some sort of guarantee that Brian and Kirk are going to be around no matter what? Because they're getting. For, I think they're getting for sure that Kirk is going to be. You guys. Why are, are like, you playing? Is this the same thing as last week? You guys, your love for Brian Ferentz, like, oh, my God. I think he matters. Brian Ferentz leaves. Oh, my God, we're not going to have these recruits. Nobody gives a fuck about Brian Ferentz. They care about his dad. They care about Kirk being there. I agree 100% with Champ. I'm I'm not worried. I'm not worried about recruits leaving because Brian Ferentz leaves. Yeah, there's no way they're – oh, God, we have to leave because Brian Ferentz, who didn't play our fucking great tight end last year, is leaving. Like, oh, my God, I have to leave now. No, they don't only care about Kirk. Kirk. On, top of, that, Kirk on top of that, on top of that, the the guys that you hear who bring in the the known recruits, they're the Phil Parkers, it's Kelvin Bell, it's all, it's not, it's not Kirk, it's not what, it's not Kirk, but it's not no, Brian stop. either, is what I'm saying. It's Kirk, it's definitely Kirk and Doyle and Phil Parker. Those are the big three. Brian is on the outside looking in at the window, <laughs> tapping on the window. Please let me in, guys. Hopefully my offense is good enough where I can come in the house and eat because they're making me eat outside because my offense that's, wasn't good enough last year. That's such a trash take. That, that's not a good take because I'm I, part of that's his dad holding him back. But Oh, my God. There we go. You can't come in for dinner, Brian. You better fucking get the offense ready. Better run another outside zone. Well, hopefully he doesn't yeah. drive all the way home into the uh, Ferentz neighborhood. I think it could be a little troublesome. <laughs> <laughs> Might get a lawsuit. Um, all right. So I, I think 2020, I think even if 2019 is a, a year that we all think is going to be good, I think – Jerry, you're probably more high on because I think you just think there's gonna be a lot of continuity among everywhere else. Yeah. And then they've rebuilt and they've they've kind of like it's not it's not been the normal Iowa way where they they get to a, a crescendo of success and then it bottoms back no. out because it needs to refill. You think that they've done enough a nice job recruiting, which I agree that they've done a much better job lately of recruiting, where it might not be the you know Big Ten championship level, Big Ten a conference title, but it's still gonna be a good Iowa season level moving forward. I think Champ and I, even if it's a good year in 2019, there's going to be an inevitable kind of step back a little bit just because there's a lot of talent that they're going to be losing. And I also think they're they, and I think they're going to lose also lose some coaching. I just think Yeah, I mean, just with the just as the quarterback alone, when you lose a guy who's been a, your quarterback for 3 straight years, there's a natural step down. Well, we're going to see it this year with Penn State. They're going to take a little bit of a step down than they have been in the previous years. I think there's something to be said though too for the coaching situation that these guys know the type of environment they get to work in at Iowa under Kirk Ferentz and they also know what it's like at other places. And I think that's a big thing that we're kind of underselling right now. That's fair. It's a totally good point. And I think we'll see it. I think, yeah, I, I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see a year from now. Based, if, if this year is good, if this year is as good as we all assume it's going to be, next year is going to be kind of that, that fork in the road spot. Which way is that going to go? But there's still a lot of talent that are going to be filling in these places, especially on the offense. I just keep looking at the offense and I can just see guys that are ready to play. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Let's 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 move on. Let's let's have you project a little bit further, Jer. Now is where it's going to get fun. We're going three years mm-hmm. in the future. We don't know anything about what recruits are going to be involved. What guys are going to be on the team even three years from now? What are things going to look like? So you can kind of be a little wild with it if you want. I will kick this off because I have one that it seems like a good jumping off port. 2022. Following 2019, Iowa lost a ton of firepower to me personally, but I think both on the sideline with Brian France leaving and on the field. Kirk nestled back into his comfort zone. He replaced Brian with Ken O'Keefe. And Iowa continue to recruit at a high level because the, the other rec- coaches who do most of the recruiting have stick, stuck around, to Jared's point of them liking working in Iowa City and, and for Coach Ferentz. But Kirk Ferentz decides to hang up the whistle. And Iowa's new athletic director makes a call to New England and brings back Brian Ferentz, now Josh McDaniels OC, to be the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. And I think he rides that 2019 momentum that he built the success and the patience he had in New in, that he got to build something in New England, he he's beloved, and I think he comes in and got in the 2022 season with rocket skyrocket expectations. How many people in 2022 are still want Bob Stoops to be the head coach instead of Brian Ferentz? Probably a good handful. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't hate him, DC. It's I mean it, we're completely <clears throat> hypotheticals here. That I mean this is just me having some fun with this, but. In reality, right, the, the end's coming for Kirk Ferentz. Like, he, he's going to hang it up soon. Whether he wants to or his wife tells him it's time to do it, it it's like he's 63 years old. He can't stick around forever. So I've thought a lot about this since our pod last week. And the more I keep thinking about it, the more, like, I keep sticking with the fact that Kirk, if he doesn't get, like, the AD position or find an AD job somewhere else, I just have this feeling that he might just Joe Post until he's just ready to go. This week is Joe Pa. Last week was Snyder. Like, (laughs) is he going to coach till he's 100 years old? I I mean, mean, maybe. Come on now. You know how many people, like, once they finally lose their will to, like, keep living at that old age, that all of a sudden it just, like, goes away? He's 63. He's not fucking 80. Right, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) He's He's got, like, 10 years left. The will to live, like he's gonna live till he's like ninety. Right. I mean, he's got a good, so let's get him to seventy-three. Century of living. Still. If he's gonna Calm live down. till ninety, that means he's got seventeen more years to go sit and watch baseball or listen to baseball, probably on his ham radio. Then, like, just just let him stay for another ten years. All right. Well, in my prediction, in three years, speaking of Kirk Ferentz, I think in three years he will be coaching his last season. This will be his final season as Iowa's coach. So not far off from DC's prediction. It's just a year later. I think Kirk will ride off into the sunset, winning a Big Ten title, losing in the playoff to Alabama as the number four seed because Saban will still be there coaching his ass off and being the one seed in the playoff. I think Iowa gets there, loses to Saban. You know, Kirk (laughs) shakes his hand at midfield and rides off into the sunset. And then we'll see who's going to be the new coach. I am not willing to say that it's Brian Ferentz just quite yet. But I think this is Kirk's last year. I think it's going to be a great year. Wait, by 2022, if they're making repeated playoff appearances, Brian Ferentz was definitely getting that job. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I have not made a prediction of this year's playoff appearance. The only playoff appearance I'm predicting is for three years from now, so everybody can forget about that in three years that I made that ridiculous proclamation. Okay, even still, if they if Iowa makes the playoff in Kirk's final year, they're just going to hand the job over to Brian the next day. 
Okay, that's. I mean, it might happen. Or like you Brian, can't, you can't or Brian you, could be the the Patriots offensive coordinator coaching Tom Brady in his age forty six season. Who knows? That could happen too. You never know. All right, Jerry, you have the the biggest imagination of what's going wild three years three years in the future. In twenty twenty two. Kirk Ferris is still the head coach of this beloved program. Brian Ferris is still the offensive coordinator. James Ferris fills in for Tom Polisek as the new offensive line coach. And Deuce Hogan is a Heisman Trophy candidate. That's what I predict, baby. Deuce-a-mania. Put, print the shirts. <laughs> print the shirts. Deuce so, Champ, so Champ and Jer both have Iowa going to the playoff in 2022. <laughs> So get your tickets now, whenever that's going to be. In fact, I think I think if I'll give Champ this: if Iowa does that in 2022 and somehow gets back to the Rose Bowl and they finally win that stupid freaking game, then I'll say Kirk rides off into the sunset after finally winning a goddamn Rose Bowl. All right, there we go. We we have three years in the future. Do we want to go to five? Do you want to have even? Do you have an even more outlandish prediction, Jerry? Is, is Kirk Ferentz still coaching? Yeah, Kirk's still coaching. We play UCF in that championship game. Yeah, five <laughs> five years is so far. Along. It's way I too think, far. I think in five years Kirk will be done by then. If, I, I like I, go ahead. No, what's the better odds here? In five years, there's no more like college football as we know it, and it's just like a big conference full of like 25 teams. Or Kirk Ferentz is still a coach. Kirk Ferentz is still the coach for sure. Sixty, he's what he'll be. What sixty-eight? Yes, sixty-nine. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, or as, in Jerry's world, he'll be like ninety-seven and on his last breath. <laughs> he just keeps th- saying he's coaching until he's in Joe Pa. Roll him out there Snyder in the bed. Just let him. Do you realize the- that for him to coach as long as Joe Pa? Age-wise, he would have to coach another 20 years. I'm at the point where I want Kirk Ferentz to just be on a hover round on the sideline. Just. <laughs> I mean. Right. You, want, you want hologram Kirk Ferentz. I want face app Kirk Ferentz. Like, he's already old, but I want the face app version of Kirk Ferentz. Careful. The, the Russians now have pictures of all of us, so yeah. they are um, – we're all screwed. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. well. Let's not get political. All right. <laughs> we're staying out of that. Let's take uh, one more quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll do love it or leave it. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. It is time for Love It or Leave It, our weekly gambling segment here on Spoko Radio. Last week, we did the East Division win totals. This week, we got the West. Champ is very eager to get into this, so we're going to make him start, and we're going to make him start with his favorite team. It's Illinois. Illinois, this year's over-under is four. Champ, what do you got? I mean, this might be the best bet. Everybody go to the book or your bookie or your, you know, online website that's really in, like, Nigeria or something. (laughs) Go and get this under. Take the under on Illinois. They're not winning four games. They're probably not winning three games. It's literally free money. The under is a love it, a love it with capital capital L. They are going to be a horrible team again, and they're not going to win four games this year. So they won four games last year. Well, they're not winning four this year. They play Rutgers. They play Akron, UConn, and Eastern Michigan. Rutgers at home, too. And it's Dad's UCon- weekend, in case you wanted to know. They'll be performing UCon for their dads. on the road is, is a loss. <laughs> Akron, Akron at home is going to be a loss. They'll beat Rutgers, and they'll beat Eastern 
is it Eastern Michigan? I don't even. Yeah, yes. Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan. So they win against Eastern Michigan. They beat Rutgers. Do you see another win on the schedule? I don't. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, they're gonna not gonna beat Nebraska. They're not beating Minnesota. They're not beating Michigan, Wisconsin, Purdue, Michigan State, Iowa, Northwestern. That's the rest of their schedule. Probably not, Jerry. What it's do you got? It's it's strictly four. It's strictly yeah, no four. Hook, <laughs> you can't hook it. If I can't hook it, I'm um, I, I'm I don't love it or leave it. I'm just staying the hell away from it. You're leaving You're it. You're leaving. It. That's love it or leave yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm leaving. I'm leaving this all the way. There's, I like I said last week. I don't think any of the teams win in their orange and blue spring game. So yeah, I don't know how Illinois gets to the five wins to win this bet. You might get a push. How do they get to four? Oh, the, you might get a push. Like I don't. You probably lose to the Zips. You're right. UConn, Eastern Michigan, Rutgers. So yeah, the, uh, not great. Talk yourself into it, Fence Rider. Take the under, I, baby. By next week, I'm gonna already have places bet. <laughs> so the follow-up question is because I like the I love the under. Also, does Lovey Smith get fired? Yes, this is Lovey's last year. For who, who else three, are they gonna get? If they win three games, they can't. I mean, that would be f- what? This is his fourth year. That would. Has be it been that years. many already? <sighs> it's at least. Like it's, it's at least his third. I think. I think it's third. Okay, even if it's only his third, that's three straight years of not winning five games. I mean, you can't keep your job after that. I'm pretty sure they have like some sort of. Oh, it's the former. It's a former either Ohio State or Michigan quarterback coming in, so he might get a little time to develop him. Not that Lovey Smith develops quarterbacks or anything, but he might get some time to see it through. Can he get Rex Grossman to be his quarterback <laughs> coach? That would be just amazing. No, definitely not. Uh, you know that they extended Lovey Smith in November of last year, right? To win. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know. I'm pulling up the Chicago Tribune story. Give me a second. I can't, wait for, I can't wait for it to be 2026. Um, by two years. So it goes, he's nine and 27 in three seasons. So this will be his fourth. So this is his fourth. I was right. Um, it's just a two year extension. I don't see when it goes till now. He's probably got three more years. He probably signed a four year deal to start. Probably goes through 2021. They probably didn't want to make him a lame duck coach this year. So they gave him a little two year extension and they're still going to fire him. It's going to be a wasted extension. All right. Well, let's go to a coach who is is fairly safe. Let's go to let's go row our boats up to Minnesota. And uh, Jer, the over under seven and a half. Woo! That seems lofty for old Minnesota. Um, I like. I'm going to take the under because of that hook. I think they're a seven win football team. You love the under, Ch- champ. I love the under as well. Uh, they have they play San Diego State, Fresno State. And Georgia Southern non-conference, they have to go to Fresno. They're losing State. that that's Fresno not, State game. That's not an easy no. place to play. So I, I think they win two non-conference games, and it's it's hard for me to say they're going to win six conference games and be six and three. So I will say the under on seven and a half. There's six wins on the schedule with like a lucky Big Ten win. I think. I, I love the under as well. So let's move on to row your boat to favorite. the books. <laughs> let's, let's move to everyone's favorite bug eaters. Let's go to Nebraska. <laughs> the over-under is eight and a half. Oh, it is stupid. Just, it's Michigan last week. The Nebraska fans flood the books, and they got to change that number appropriately. 
Champ, what do you got? I just clicked on their schedule, and it says week one versus USA. I was like, who the fuck is USA? It's South Alabama. <laughs> They'll probably win that. But, I, I mean, how could <laughs> you playing not the women's soccer team. here? I mean, come on now. Eight and a half wins for a Nebraska team that's constantly overhyped every year. They're going to be overhyped again this year. They already are. I'm sure we're, sure we're going to hear they're going to win the West, blah, blah, The media blah. did it they're, today. They're a seven or eight win team at best. They're not winning nine games. So I agree they're overhyped. I think, as Jared just alluded to, the media predicted, the Big Ten media predicted that they will win the Big Ten West this year, which is preposterous. Ridiculous. That being said, the schedule's not that difficult for them. They do face a lot of the they're they're hard they're tough Big Ten games are home versus right. Ohio State versus Wisconsin versus Northwestern versus Iowa so they're four those are probably their four hardest Big Ten games they're all at home DC's right so I, I'm just saying yes that I I think that their schedule is manageable so I kind of like the over at nine oh. games at nine games. I'm going to tell you all. To- I'm sorry, DC. I'm going to tell you all right now. Go to freaking Junipers or whatever it's called right on the border. Go put a bet in right now. You take the Iowa over and parlay with the Nebraska under and you just tweet about it all season long. I don't I don't think you can parlay over unders, bro. Try it. My book, Jerry's book, he <laughs> does it. Come talk to you me. Could, if you try it and they laugh at you, just don't come back and say that Jerry from uh, Blackheart Gold Pants told me to do it. Please. My bookie will do it. Hitting the All right. those DMs. I, I kind of like the, the schedule is manageable. I think that they have the breaks. Their hard games are all at home, so they, they're not going to lose. There's no way that they can lose all four of their hard games at home. It's still too soon no, for they them. Pro- they probably split. They probably go two and two. This feels like the classic year where everybody overhypes a team a year early, and then next year Nebraska is going to come out and probably be at that nine-win team. But I just don't see it this year. I just don't see how Frost could already have done this. And I, I could definitely see them losing week two at Colorado. That, that feels like a loss. I could see Northern Illinois just going into some sort of like shootout with them. Match I mean, it, they baby. Beat them la- didn't they beat them last year in Northern Illinois? Or two Maybe it was two years I ago. I think it was two years ago. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I, I like the over. Well, we will see. Let's move on. Just Northwestern, just Northwestern. Their total this year is six games. They won. They were the Big Ten West champs last year. Now they're over under is six games. Jerry, what do you got? Uh, this is a. I don't even need a hook for this one. Like Northwestern's going to find a way to win seven football games. I just believe it. I trust it. I think it's going to happen. Um, last year, I know they slid off to a really like crappy start, and they still end up winning the Big Ten West. Like Fitzgerald just doesn't do doesn't lose that many football games. Plus, they got don't they have the kid from Clemson coming in? He's going to start this year. That's a pretty good quarterback for them. It is a good quarterback. The start of their schedule is rough. They it go is. to they go to Stanford to open the season. Loss. UNLV <laughs> at home. Win. Michigan State at home. To Madison. To Nebraska. Versus Ohio State. Versus Iowa. Yeah, yeah that, but, I love the under here. Uh, I mean, and I, six. I, just, I love it. I just think this is a letdown year for Northwestern. Like everybody's all jacked up. Patty Fitz got them in the Rose, you know, not the Rose Bowl, but the Big Ten Championship. I, I could, I just smell a five and seven year coming. No. 
I'm leaving it. I think they're, I think it's a push. I think they're going to go six and six. I don't want any part of this. The schedule looks pretty hard. I don't know how they they might close out their last five, but that means they have to go one and six. They have to go two and five the first seven games, and that schedule is just too hard. Yeah, they're. I mean, if they go two and four in their first six and they win out, that gets them there. But yeah, that's. I don't know. That's a hard ass schedule. That that I I'm staying away. I don't want any part of it. Next up is Purdue. They won six games last year. Their over under number this year is where's Purdue seven. They have seven wins. Champ, what do you got? As I look at their non-conference schedule, it's at Nevada versus Vandy and versus TCU. It's not crazy difficult. I don't know. I haven't really researched TCU much to see if they're going to be back with Gary Patterson. They always seem to be pretty good. So if it was six and a half, I would love it. I think I'm just going to leave it at seven. I think seven's about right for Purdue. I'm with you on that one, champ. Jerry, what about you? I'm leaving it as well. Just, it's a, it's a Purdue's just, I don't want to make a Purdue yet. Right. Purdue's just one of those teams where they're going to lose a couple of games. You're going to be like, Purdue really should have won that one. And then you take them like, you probably take them like plus four and a half and they somehow lose by six. And then there's going to be other games where like you end up thinking they're going to get their asses. Well, probably that TCU game and they're going to end up winning. Or like at Iowa and they'll come in and beat don't us. Don't even be negative like that. I'm just saying they don't play well against Purdue. I was losing one football game this year. All right, well, well, we'll get to that in a second, Jerry. Next up is Wisconsin. Their over under is eight. So, do you still like the under at eight, Jerry? Yeah, absolutely. I think Wisconsin's going to be trash this year. It's a rebuilding year. I think they're going to get beat up a little bit. I, we keep saying, like, oh, they have to go to Wisconsin to play. I don't believe in Wisconsin. They're probably going to be playing a true freshman quarterback again. They lost the entirety of their defense, basically. I don't think the offensive line, I think they lost two or three guys there. I think Wisconsin's in a rebuilding year, which is fine, but I don't believe in them did at you, all. Did you watch Alex Hornibook play last year? A true freshman is probably an improvement over him. <laughs> He was god awful last year. And how many wins? How many wins did they get last year? DC nine. Uh, they, I think they went nine and four. At least they got at least eight. They got eight. They were eight and five. Uh, eight and you know five. when Alex okay. Hornibrook wasn't trash last year? The one game Against that fucking Iowa. mattered. Yes, right. I know. His one good game of the year, of course, came against us. I, I, it's eight on the dot. DC is it's, the number. It's eight on the dot. That yeah. is the number. Leave it. I mean. I don't know how you don't love that. I mean, you love the was, over. I love the over on that. I really don't know how you don't see Wisconsin winning, not going nine and four. You're insane. I mean, you know, here's their real difficult. You know, South Florida might be difficult on the road. That's a difficult game. You know, Central Michigan. That's a win. And then who was is that Kentucky? Kent State. Then Kent <laughs> State is their last non-conference game. I mean, they're they have a very so then they have to schedule. run the table in the Big Ten. No, if they they'll win two out of those three, they win oh, two yeah. out of those three. They go they win six games in the Big Ten, six and three, and then they win their bowl game. That's nine wins. Yeah, I I love the over. I definitely see them winning nine games. I'm leaving it. I don't want any part of it. Eight eight this eight seems right to me. I I don't I don't think they're going to be as good as they normally are. I still think that's a rebuilding year, but that schedule is kind of weird. I think I you can make four losses on that pretty pretty easily. Three. Last there's, up, there's five six losses on this schedule. You guys are insane. Champs insane. Okay, relax. 
I mean, I'm not touching it. I don't Can know. Can I hear the six losses, please? Yeah, Let's hear I'll it. tell you right now. Michigan at South Florida, Northwestern at Ohio State, Iowa, Purdue. They're gonna lose to Northwestern and Purdue at home. Yep. Okay, you're. That's just blasphemy. <laughs> when did you go to Wisconsin? I mean, I didn't. But they're they don't. They're not gonna lose both of those home games. We should play jump around every time Champ speaks. Now. Not and lose and lose to Iowa at home. That's three home losses. You think? I there's no way. Why not? I mean, the Iowa one. I Let's wait a minute. Let's maybe. not pretend Camp Randall is some sort of like safe haven for football. The fans show up in the third quarter and leave by the start of the fourth. All right, it's pretty loud at Camp Randall. I've been to a couple games there. Yeah, you might have been loud cheering for Iowa. I was in Wisconsin student <laughs> section. Yeah, your voice enough probably echoed off the rafters. Yeah. Let's move on. The last team in the West Division to get to this week, but number one in our hearts, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Vegas Caesars specifically set the over/under win total at seven and a half. Dumb. <laughs> Jared's already said they're losing once, so I think he loves the over. Love it. Anything? What's the one loss, Jared? Uh, oh yeah, this is going to give me, people are going to be really mad. I think they're going to lose at Iowa State this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> you think they're going to run the table in the Big Ten but lose at Iowa State. So you think it's going to be 2002 all over again. Yeah. I really do. Wow. wow. Well, I know. I just, I was, I was really hoping he wouldn't go back to that question because I realized I said it, but like, I just keep staring at it. And I just think Matt Campbell wants to get this done more than anything else. It's Iowa State Super Bowl this year because we know they're not going to get to the Big 12 championship because they're always in third or fourth place. So, so we are in the market for a new co host in Spoko Radio. If you guys want, <laughs> just hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Dave Cray, champs at Shy People's Champ. Uh, we, we want. Okay. Uh, no Iowa State uh, love on this podcast. Mr. Optimism picks us to lose to Iowa State. <laughs> all right, but in all seriousness, would you rather lose to Iowa State, which actually doesn't hurt Iowa anymore because they're a good program, or would you rather them lose to at Michigan or Penn State? Like, you want to lose to Penn State when we're wearing the bananas? I don't. I mean, no. I don't want them to I, – I don't want them to lose to anybody. Iowa's they're, sweeping are, Michigan this year, by the way. have a couple losses. I think 11 and 1 is a little lofty. That's a pretty high goal. Well, I mean, well, come on now. When they beat I do love twice. the over of 7.5, though. That's ridiculously low. Iowa definitely wins 8 or 9 games, probably more like 10 or 11. <laughs> you, wait, you just said 11 and 1 yeah. was a lofty goal, and then you said they might I, win 11 I games. Have, you guys keep forgetting about the bowl game. Like 10 and 2, and then a bowl win is 11 wins. I mean, I guess, but. Or 10 and 2 in a Big Ten championship is 11 wins. Or. They lose the Big Ten Championship, but they win the bowl game. That's still 11 wins. That's fair. They're That's winning fair. all of it's those. A, it's a clean sweep for the over. I love the over, too. These are the historically great Iowa teams that are great in the line, great on the line, an experienced quarterback, and a good defense. There's good things coming, I think, to this Iowa Hawkeye team this year, and we cannot wait to talk about it all with you guys uh, this season. Guys, anything else before we wrap it up this week? No, I'm good, baby. Um, the only thing I have to say is that for all of you out there listening, please give us some feedback, kind of what you want to hear, what you're looking for, um, and then subscribe and pass on to your friends. You know, we have these two shows going at it all season long. We're going to do some really cool things with uh, some interactive type shows and some things happening in the season with some recaps and stuff like that. So it's definitely the time to start subscribing now. We're going to have continuous content on this feed all season long that you definitely want to hear.
absolutely echo that to Jared. Next week, we're going to do something a little bit different, a little bit fun. It's still summer. We need some things to do on the show. We are going to rewatch and recap the Ooh. Big Ten Championship game from 2015. So we are going to let you guys in on some of our deep, dark feelings as we watch that game in live in person in Indianapolis. We're going to rewatch it, rewatch the broadcast. I think for me, for the first time ever, I haven't watched that game since. I just couldn't Me bring myself either. to do it. it. It hurt too badly. Like, so we're going to rewatch that game that and talk about it. And uh, you guys are going to get to see, listen to some uh, some pain come out uh, on next week's show. So make sure you subscribe, share with your friends, follow us on Twitter at BHGP, at Jerry Sherwin, at Dave Cray, and at Shy People's Champ. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Go Hawks. Later. See ya. Trick or treat, Iowa City! If you don't love it, leave it. USA, number one.